Hey, everybody. Really great show today. We have Cyrus on, who's been writing some really great threads on Ben Dow. Uh, and we discussed the whole Ben Dow situation, the issue with the liquidation system that they put out. It's a really juicy conversation. And the founder actually joins us, Code and Coffee. He pops up on stage, so it's a good chat. Other than that, we talk about Pudgy Penguins, Mutant Ape Yacht Club, and some of the other things that we're seeing in the NFT market. And we close out talking about the ETH merge and what's really going to happen on the centralized platforms like Coinbase that you can buy Ethereum on. As always, all of our content is sponsored by FTX. You can sign up at thenifty.com slash FTX or with the code the Nifty on your FTX mobile app. Hope you enjoy the show. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's Monday. This is the NFT Morning Show. We do this show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time each and every week where we talk all things NFT market. We want to talk about the stories of the space, which projects are doing interesting things, which projects are rug pulling, what's going up, what's going down, and everything in between. As usual, all of our content is sponsored by FTX. You can sign up at thenifty.com slash FTX or with the code thenifty on your FTX. FTX mobile app. If you spend over $200 on the FTX platform on a cryptocurrency of your choice, not only will you be paying some of the cheapest fees in the game to acquire that cryptocurrency, you will get a $20 bonus airdropped into your account in that cryptocurrency that you just bought if you use our code. So definitely sign up for it. Uh, it's definitely the right thing to do. As usual, the show's hosted by myself, Nifty Nick, King Kicks. We got Depeche Node in the host spot today. That's not a normal day. And then we got some badass speakers, NFT God, Micah G, Spencer Gordon-San, and Quad. And then we have a little bit of a special guest today, Cirrus. Really excited uh, to get in the weeds and talk about some of the stories of the weekend and last week in the NFT space. So before I go any further, Nifty Nick, what's going on? Yo, I'm just, hey, Pio, I'm really excited to be here. I'm feeling incredibly tired. I didn't sleep well last night, and I could not be more enthused about that <laughs> fact. Uh, today is just an excellent day to kick off this week because that's how weeks go. Today is Monday. That's the first of the week. My voice is a little bit limited today. That's because I was yelling last week, and uh, the result is my voice is reduced. These are all positive things, and I want you to take the positive spin on the fact uh, of all the statements that have come out of my mouth right now. So that's how I'm feeling today. Very excited. <laughs> well, hey, uh, I'm glad to hear it, buddy. Uh, I slept on your couch last night, uh, which was definitely interesting uh, because I have family in town, so my apartment was occupied. And it almost sounds like I slept better than you, even though I slept on the couch and you were sleeping on on a bed. You, you got a water bed, right? What? Yeah, you got one of those 80s water beds that like rotates when you walk in the room with like lava lamps and all that, right? Mm, nope. <laughs> That's what I imagine you having. I feel like you've been down and actually seen that the bed is not a water bed uh, because you often come and sleep in it with me. So <laughs> uh, you should know that. I, I envision Nick as having a race car bed. I, I yeah, like that one. That's what I have. Nick's got a nice race car bed. I like it. He's got like the uh, the planets hanging from the ceiling, you know. Anyways, uh, you know, moving on. Before we get into things like the weather report, well, uh, Node, you and Nick hung out in person last week. Is that right? It was a blast. Uh, I got to watch him go down the Alpine yeah, slide like four times in a row. 
he just lapped that sucker. He was looking like a little, uh, like an eight year old at his first time at an amusement park. Uh, then we, we went out, had a nice, had a nice dinner, good, deep conversation, came back to my house, uh, played some board games with the family, showed him a little bit what the family life is all about. Uh, and then he continued to bribe my children so he could try and win the board game and he lost. So it, it was a, it was a great, I came great close. Time spent. I came close. I came in second defeating it was node uh, you won right yes yes then myself uh then a bunch of grown children all below the age of what nine correct correct <laughs> so, so so uh just absolutely devastating these children that i was required to bribe I can't say I'm surprised that Nick wanted to get a competitive edge, uh, you know, basically playing dirty, trying to beat the children in the board game. Uh, but no, Nick showed Wait, me some- How is that dirty? There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Clearly, you've learned nothing by trading NFTs. This game is all manipulated. It's all stacked. And the way that you, you got to throw your weight around with cash in order to, uh, you know, uh, move things in this market. So... I don't think that there's anything dirty about that. That's just the way that the world works. Well, you got a point there, amigo. That's for sure. No, Nick was showing me pictures. You live in some beautiful country, man. Big mountains right outside like where you live, huh? Yes, sir. Just my backyard. Anybody want to come visit? I think we got we got Manny. Uh, Manny Vig is coming out this week. Uh, Easy's come out to visit. I'm mostly just waiting for kicks now. You know, I really want I really want Captain Kicks, King Kicks to come out here, show him a good time. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like uh, five minutes away from some uh, really beautiful canyons and mountains. Yep. I wouldn't count on the Kickster coming out. Uh, he's too busy just chugging iced coffees over on the East Coast. I, I don't anticipate him getting on a plane and going to uh, Utah. But no, I mean, that was so cool, dude. It, it really it looked like Italy. Uh, really, really beautiful country out there with those mountains. I had driven through Utah before, and I was uh, definitely blown away at that point. But those it, pictures Nick showed me were crazy. Yeah, Nick? Yeah, yeah it kind of reminds me of Italy, if Italy had beautiful mountains. Uh, and... Um, I guess the Alps, and I guess you got the north, the northern part where there's some Alps. But mo- for yeah, the most yeah, part, a Italy just of- doesn't have variety. You know, it's just a basic country, you know, mm. with pizza. What an electric take that was. I'm sure all the Italians are nodding in agreement right now with Nick. Uh, King Kicks, you know, how was your weekend, amigo? Did you do anything interesting? What's up? I uh, went to the beach on Saturday. Uh, Sunday, I was just a good Samaritan, helped my mother-in-law move the couch, uh, you know, just did some family things, nothing crazy, just took it easy, got some good sleep, played a little video games. It's a good weekend. Wow. The, the electric life of an NFT degenerate. Holy, holy shit. Are they going to make a documentary about that one? Um, no, I'm kidding, buddy. I'm sure it was a great weekend. Uh, you know, I actually went and saw the Jean-Michel Basquiat exhibit King Pleasure here I in New York. Pictures. Yeah, I got to say, it's probably the best art exhibition I've ever seen because it was 200 works, you know, by a single artist. So if you're like a fan of that artist to just go and get beat over the head with 200 works is pretty crazy. You know, some highlights where they showed uh, his work from when he was a child and his style was basically developed as a child, like his child, uh, the work from his childhood actually was borderline identical in terms of the themes and the um, the imagery 
that you see in the the paintings. And then the other really, really interesting thing was he would just paint on whatever he had access to. One of them was like a blanket that he tied to pieces of wood uh, that was all just tied together with twine. So I really, uh, you know, that, that one hit me pretty hard. I was like, this guy was just using the resources that he had available and making some wild stuff. Uh, it was it was a banger. It was a serious uh, experience. And I was tweeting about it, and I saw Crypto for NFT, who I know is an absolute legend uh, when it comes to crypto trading and NFT trading, just weighing in on the Basquiat. So I didn't know she was an art fan too. So that was pretty cool. And I know you're a big fan of hers, Kicks. Uh, but before you know, we go any further down the rabbit hole of our weekends and art and this, that, and the other thing, I think we got to dive into the weather report. I know Signal's out of pocket today. Uh, but we got King Kicks on stage that's ready to take it away. Yes, yes. Today we find ourselves at a crossroad in NFTs. I have myself full confidence that if all do their duty and if nothing is neglected and if the best arrangements are made, we shall prove ourselves once more able to defend our island home, ride out the storm of war, to outlive the menace of tyranny. If necessary for years, if necessary alone, at any rate, this is what we are going to try to do. And this is the resolve of His Majesty's NFT government, every man of them. That is the will of the parliament, the nation, the NFT empire, linked together in their cause and in their need, will defend to their death their native soil, aiding each other like good comrades to the utmost of their strength. And now we shall dive into today's weather report. That was the best performance you've ever done. Please, go ahead. Thank you. That was uh, inspired by Winston Churchill. Monday, 22nd of August, the weather report. Open sea, $14 million, holding on by a thread. Apes below 70. Mutants rallying on the beaches of Normandy. Up to uh, <laughs> above 12 yeats. Great rally. Punk sitting at 66 Moonbirds at 12 and a half, Doodles and Clonex both fighting for their lives on the beaches while they're being bombarded. Overnight, Open Sea leading the Open Sea ranks. Punks flipped apes for the first time in five months over the weekend, but that moment was short lived. Much like the French trying to defend themselves against the Nazis. And the apes retook pole position. Floor price difference between punks and apes is a mere three ETH now. Pudgy Penguins, the navy of the great NFT community, led OpenSea ranks over the weekend. The team announced an advisory board from multiple Web2 and Web3 industries, including the CEO of Nansen, uh, partnerships at Facebook, known as Meta, Chief Operate, Operating Officer of Saks Fifth Avenue. Holy shit, that's a big one. Pudgies traded over four ETH before pulling back into the high threes. Grails 2 mint passes are back up after getting swept over the weekends. Grails mint is open for one more day. Artist identities are kept hidden, much like we keep the spies hidden as they give us great information <laughs> from mainland Europe. Until the Postmint live real event goes live, then we will reveal the artist's identities. Grails continue to trade at 4 Ethereum. 10KTF announced the opening of the super secret command center. I thought we were going to keep that one secret, but we have announced the opening. <laughs> we 
stepping levels one and two, and it requires different combinations of materials, ape coin, combat blanks, profile picks, and of course, strong will and fortitude as we fight in this bear market. The flow on the blank materials is 0.4 ETH. Looking over at crypto, another battle as our great brethren fight for a bull market, even in the darkest of bears. The price is right now Bitcoin at 2,122.681. It's been sitting flat like that all weekend long. Ethereum tried to rally north of 1,600, was beaten back by heavy artillery fire back to the mid-1,500s. That is your weather report. We will continue to report through thick and thin hail or firestorm until the resolve of this great NFT community wins. Wow. So first of all, that was one of the top performances that King Kicks has ever put on. I feel like I'm I'm in Braveheart right now or something like that. Mel Gibson's got his face painted and he's on a horse. The other thing is that people in our Discord are calling out the variation in accents. There were like maybe uh, four or five parts of the world represented throughout that <laughs> weather report. So that was definitely uh, uh, a, a lot of uh, range as a performer. We're a right coalition there, of many nations. <laughs> Nick, Nick, was there something you wanted to add there? Well, he was comparing uh, the CryptoPunks being France to the apes being Nazis, which is yeah, interesting. That, uh, now I actually understand that, except for the... Accidental uh, faux pas. So, uh, but also, didn't France, France didn't lose, did they? Like no, I don't he, think... he said for the French defending. I mean, it was the most on the nose line in the whole thing. He's like, like the French defending against the Nazis. I was like, Jesus. Yeah, but, 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 but <laughs> who was the French? What, the crypto punks? Because they didn't lose. I, I don't think. Uh, I, I don't think that was the situation. Um, but maybe they did. You know, maybe I'm completely wrong. Well, I don't know. I, so people in the Discord, I don't know if, if Kix's audio was cutting out. It was coming in loud and clear for me. I think some people may, may have had trouble hearing him. I, if, I hope that you were able to hear him. Uh, if not, I hope on the recording everything comes through because that was absolutely hysterical. Um, you know, Nick, why don't, we, why don't we talk to Cirrus? We got a, a special well, guest. Oh, no, go ahead, Nick. Well, I mean, I think the, the, we should set some uh, foundation for all of this, which, was, uh, which is why I brought uh, Cirrus on. Absolutely which was the, the whole eight punk uh, flippening this weekend was uh, apparently solely driven by this bend DAO, um, a poorly structured DAO, which resulted in ultimately um, a number of NFTs being liquidated uh, in the, and thus the floor going down. But they also needed to go down because uh, this... Uh, this DAO was not properly capitalized at the end, although it has since been capitalized properly, incentivized by uh, high interest rates. The, that interest rate last night being 100% is my understanding. But there were a lot of technical aspects of it, and I didn't fully um, get it. I was doing research, and there were two people um, that, were, that had provided uh, thorough threads, and uh, Cirrus was one of them. So I thought, hey, uh, let's have him on and find out um, what exactly went down here uh and because uh you've been calling this for a few at least a few days um in, in terms of saying hey this is going to be a problem um so i thought it'd be interesting to hear what exactly went down because it's kind of technical 
and, and I wanted to just get all of the uh, information on what exactly went down here, um, w- which ultimately led to uh, the floor price dropping. Um, so maybe, uh, yeah. Well, and Cirrus, let me give you a proper in- introduction. We got Cirrus here. You are a calculated degen. You are a two-time cancer survivor. What a badass. And you're a three-time rug pull survivor. That's par for the course. Let's be real. Uh, and a paper, hands, diamond, wrist. Damn, that sounds like something a rapper is going to be dropping into something. And you're building Wumbo Labs. You have a D-God PFP. Welcome to the show, Cirrus. We're, we're really jazzed up to have you. Stoked to be here, guys. Appreciate it. Um, first off, let me apologize for my parents for spelling my name wrong. It's pronounced Cyrus, but they spelled it Cirrus. So mm. shame on them. No fault to you guys. It happens all the time. Uh, but moving on from that. Um, yeah, so basically, like, just just to give the the foundation, like Nick was saying, about a week ago, I, I'm um, just to give some background. I'm one of the most high volume board ape mutant blue chip traders. Um, on the on secondary markets so i'm watching this type of thing all the time and anything that could affect their prices um i'm I'm monitoring that pretty closely uh so basically i was i i kind of like um i had been made aware of bendow you know during the other side because a lot of people were were uh using their platform to pull out loans so that they could you know either buy more other side or buy more mutants on the dip after other side came out and stuff like that so there was a, a really big spike in their lending volume in uh, early May, late April. So uh, I was just kind of thinking like, well, what happened to all those loans now that we're down like 60, 70% from the highs? Um, I wonder what's going on over there. So I went and took a look on their platform, which was kind of a, 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 a ghost land at the time. Like um, it didn't have very active, like, you know, th- there had been like two bids on auctions over the last two months mostly because nobody had been liquidated yet. But then I, I took a closer look and I looked at, uh, like, you know, their docs and, and uh, all the uh, potential uh, liquidations that were coming up. And I realized, like, wait a minute, we're getting really close to a bunch of these getting triggered. And once one gets triggered, I think a few others are going to get triggered. So for the first couple of days, I didn't tweet about it. I didn't, you know, I didn't say anything. I didn't share it with anyone. And I was like, okay, let me try to win some of these these liquidation auctions on, uh, at a low price when nobody else is aware. Um, so did that for a couple of days. <clears throat> didn't uh, people were bidding higher than than I would have liked. So I was like, okay, let me just put this out there. Um, and surely enough, I, I put the thread out there. The floor for board apes was like eighty two. The floor for mutants was like fifteen. I put it out on Thursday, I think, and. Um, you know, after that information got out, they were as as you guys were saying earlier, you know, uh, they got down to like 65 and, and, and 11 and a half. And, um, you know, there was a lot of panic and it got kind of overblown. People were accusing Franklin of being over leveraged and blah, blah, blah. But um, anyways, the gist of it is that a lot of people took uh, a lot of people were over leveraged on apes um, and mutants, especially now that the prices came down. Those people came became at risk of, of liquidation. Uh, the platform was extremely poorly set up for this type of situation, um, but they are making some changes. I see Code and Coffee is up here, and, and he's done a good job of communicating those. Um, but yeah, that's that's the gist of it. The the short overview. So, uh, and I saw the tweet you shared, and um, Code and Coffee can uh, share as well. But so the the at this point, um, well, I'm kind of curious. So you said you're flipping. Uh, the reason you were tracking this so much is that you've been um, flipping apes and mutants. It sounds like with uh, this sort of interest rate, though, would you be uh, depositing ETH in there 
um, in yielding at all in that ecosystem? Uh, so for me personally, no, I've never like lent or borrowed against NFTs, but it's something that I was watching just because it's something that can have an effect on the market itself. People got, and um, uh, we can turn to Cone Coffee in a minute, but, but it sounds like, and from some of the dialogue I saw, um, it was you, NFT statistics, and then Franklin was tweeting about it as well. It seems like the people that were most at risk was ultimately the lenders. Uh, and uh, when, when uh, Weath was down to whatever the balance was yesterday, like 15 ETH or uh, 7 Weath, I don't remember the, exact, the, the complete low, um, if you had lent money, there was no way to uh, get money out. But maybe, um, uh, Code and Coffee, maybe you could explain sort of what the thesis was there. My, my, uh, I think the the biggest thing, or my sort of summation of what occurred, was essentially um, the, the NFTs were much more volatile than the system was structured uh, to handle, and so um, you could see liquidations, uh, but without sales. And so the problem is, is the price could drop um, precipitously, and you couldn't recover. Feel the like the the way that they set this up. I don't even know if it would work in like a bull market if a certain NFT project like isn't doing well because that you have to start the liquidation at 95% the floor of the NFT project. That's like such a tight window to even close a liquidation in a bull market, I would say. It just seems like like I think that they literally just built this in a bull market and they're like, ah, we don't have to work like the liquidation. Just have the intern do the liquidation <laughs> stuff because i don't think we're gonna have to use that part of the code that much so just yeah whatever you guys come up with just throw it in there well you can ask the creator of it uh because code and coffee is on stage um who's the ceo of it uh code and coffee how's it going oh thank you uh, thank you for having me here uh, for me let's let me let me address there's no ceo in your dog right <laughs> we are not coming there. there's no ceo, CEO of the dow here first. there we go <laughs> the chief yeah, the executive officer of the dow the prime <laughs> minister of the dow himself <laughs> I, I, i'm chief suicide officer okay <laughs> yeah it's okay yeah we, we just make some mistake before we launch the bandar we, we think that we need like protocol like are we like peer-to-peer lending protocol that we don't need to wait like weeks to learn, get money. We need to uh, get it in instantly. Then we go to check out how Awe is going. Yeah, we have the liquidation mechanism like this. So actually we, we didn't change a lot about the liquidation. So we build uh, the system how to use MT as collectors and we'll miss your airdrop or anything like for bull market but for liquidation we don't think about much that's what what we make mistake and make people that think that because bandao let not much people know bandao and then people are not going to uh join the auctions there so the liquidation right for bandao is not so good for auctions so there's many like the azuki the azuki Funder get dogs and many Azuki's. There's no people to auction. At that time, it happened before. All Eastern deposit get the Eastern out because they they think that there will be some uh, bad debits there. So actually, it happened before, but we make some mistake. We don't do much about to improve our liquidation mechanisms. But what right now, 
we're in a uh, we're we're in a new market. We're all like learning things. So I mean, we're never going to get anything 100 percent right like the first iteration. But are you guys looking at a, a new type of liquidation model? Yeah, the time well, we are going to change will make the liquidation much better because it so, starts on the seventeen percent. So they actually posted, um, Conan Coffee posted an update uh, that Cirrus has uh, retweeted as well. Uh, basically, what they're doing is they're um, reducing the liquidation threshold um, is one thing that they're doing. Uh, the, the other issue that was happening was there was a, an auction period where essentially it was 48 hours before. So it would take two days to resolve. Um, and also you could have the floor just during that period, which messes things up and impacts the auction, something you were willing to pay today. Uh, you may not be willing to pay tomorrow. Um, so they reduced it from 48 hours down to four hours. Um, they also uh, are offering a higher interest rate um, out, the, uh, out the gate of 20% as the base. Um, and uh, I, it's an interesting uh, model. This is something, uh, seeing what's going on here is important only because, well, two things. I mean, I guess if you care about the floor price, but most people, I mean, by and large, probably don't really care. Um, but the second thing is, is uh, the models around uh, loans against NFTs. Um, and so that's the bigger question in terms of uh, what are sustainable models for this? And Ben Dow happens to be one of those. Now, uh, yeah, people may not be aware of Ben Dow, but the reality is, is it has an impact and it, and it had an impact. We saw a bunch of uh, liquidations uh, go out. And, and the problem is, is if you lock up, what happens is this, is if let's say uh, I deposit an ape um, and the price during that is, I'm going extreme here, $400,000 at that point. I take $200,000 out against it. Uh, the market drops. Um, I have uh, less of an incentive to go back and claim my ape and repay the loan uh, because the price has dropped. And so instead, I just don't uh, pay back the loan. I just peace out. And uh, But, but when you on, get liquidated in that process... The only liquidation you can do is take my ape. But if there's a bunch of apes in the ecosystem, because that was my collateral, I didn't collateralize it with anything else. So, quote, liquidation well, means you have to dump the the ape on the market. Um, well, so, Nick, yeah. I, this is this is actually a point though, because I'm, I'm curious, coding coffee, your take on this, because it wasn't clear for me from reading your docs a couple of times. But it sounds like if the auctions don't sell, you guys don't have to forcibly liquidate them. Like, are you planning for the ones that haven't sold? to like hold them and assume the downside risk for the time being are you planning to liquidate them as soon as they hit like the threshold of what their loan was at or are you like because i could see a world where you guys become essentially like a hedge fund and just hold the nfts like what are you guys thinking about for the funds that don't sell or, or are you just trying to redesign the system such that they like well, certainly sell and how does the lender get paid back in that scenario so are you, are you all setting up a well and by you all, we're speaking about the clearly centralized authority. I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, yeah, like how is that being capitalized? It seems like more money came in, but that was all incentivized by interest rates of lenders. Yeah, actually, if the community decides that we are not, we're going to change the parameters for better auction liquidity, and tomorrow I think many community members will 
deposit Eastern together and build the confidence for Portugal. I think that's the way we can earn the confidence back. But but it is what it is. When we make mistake, we make more people to use that uh, burned out protocol to get money. When they maybe earn like Franklin, they use burned out. He used burned out. He sold all the other these and he he make a lot of money. But people that sold Dijon maybe not make it. So they have depths in the protocol. But we need to release it. Otherwise, the bandwidth won't make it. So we need to change the mechanism to more healthy one. So that's the the whole point. But the whole community side, if they won't know, we'll figure out how to improve it. Maybe change one parameter to another. We we can discuss in our the forum. Yeah. Um, Cirrus, you you your analysis of the situation was that there's going to be 600 uh, liquidation auctions. Could you speak to what, what uh, you mean by that and what, what the implications are? So that was um, that was implying that like if, if floor prices stay where they were at the time of the post, then by the time we get to 70% um, threshold, everything with like uh, if you account for interest accrued, accrued over the time where, where like the interest is really high right now because of, because of the bank run that took place, um, then everything with something, I forgot the exact number, but like a 1.33 or 1.34 health factor would, um, at that time, everything with a 1.34 health factor today would be put up for auction by September 20th with the, with the new proposal. If um, we, um, if the thesis is that like floor prices stayed stable until that time, uh, they could go up, they could go down and that number could, could change. But that was the number I arrived at with, with, looking at the health factor list on Bendow's website. It's pretty, um, I, I think maybe what's uh, interesting here is that, uh, or maybe surprising, I don't know if it's actually surprising, What the which is that the demand on this front is much higher on the lend side, basically for people to go take out loans against their NFTs. And that makes sense, right? If I take a loan against my NFT, the, I'm not paying capital gains on that uh, purchase that, that I made. So there's uh, a, there's a clear reason for loans in the market, but it, the the downside is is that uh, and and we're just seeing this play out is essentially you need to deal with a with an environment in which there's not um, a, a ton of liquidity uh, to potentially sustain a lot of it. That said, you could also argue that the liquidity was incredibly high. It brought down the floor price. But but uh, apes weren't like completely devastated. There were still a lot of people buying Board Ape Yacht Club at you know hundred thousand dollars a pop, and so uh, that would be the potential positive spin on it is saying no, you know NFTs are uh, perfectly fine. This system worked as expected, um, and everything's all good. What like if if you were to place a bet um, or just I'm curious what your take is, uh, Cyrus is would you say that this is a net positive force on the ecosystem and not net negative force or neutral force um, to have a system like this? Uh, I think the it's it's kind of interesting. I think the way that it was set up kind of protected us a little bit because of the 95% threshold. So people like myself who are who are uh, you know act as liquidators in the market, we're not incentivized enough to buy those off of Bendow and throw them onto secondaries looking for like a, a small gain. Um, Cause they're just, they don't leave us enough room there. So what happens is they kind of just sit there on Bendow's platform as bad debt. 
And um, Ben Dow was just banking on, you know, if you looked at their docs before, this is something that I gave Code and Coffee a, a hard time for, was that their docs literally say, one of their FAQ questions is, what will happen if the floor price drops to zero? And the, the answer to that question is blue chip NFTs are fast growing assets that appreciate faster than ETH and the whole market is still early. So they don't even answer the question. And, and, and the assumption there is that like, we'll just hold it until the market bounces. Um, since then they've changed those, that they've changed the docs. So good on, good on the Dow for, for acting on that. But, uh, as for net positive, net negative, I think people getting over leveraged on NFTs is a net negative in the short term, but, um, the changes that were made, uh, they may be a little bumpy in the, uh, over the next month, maybe just because of how many liquidations this can trigger. But I think in the long run, it's a, a net positive, um, what code and coffee proposed last night to the Dow. My my understanding is that right now there there are alternatives where you can do it. I, I don't uh, know all of them off the top of my head, but I think even Compound Finance had allowed some NFT collateral. I could be completely wrong about that, but um, I, I think that uh, it's fifty percent uh, collateralized or something like that that you can get against like punks, for example. Um, I, I think it's a limited subset of projects that are allowed on there right now, um, but. It does make sense that this would um, inevitably operate within the market. I think the the distinction is is the uh, well. I don't. I'm actually curious on the art side how that market works, and we're going to try and get on uh, someone who uh, previously worked on the team at Bank of America um, uh, on the art side on how they sort of approach those liquidations. But maybe someone else is familiar with it how how that actually works. Um, but it's if if you like buy something at Christie's or Sotheby's, I believe you can take out a loan from Bank of America against those assets. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, obviously, I'm not an expert on it, but because banks do recognize art as an asset class now, which they did not before, um, yes, you can. The, the LTV, right, the loan to value, that's the key ratio. So, Nick, in your example that you made, and again, I'm not an expert on this. I wouldn't be, su be surprised if Spencer knows a good deal about this. Um, you made an example where you're like, my ape's worth 400000 I take out 200000 so that's an insanely risky loan to value right there, right? And any sort of volatility on the price of an ape, the value of an ape is going to, you know, dramatically impact that. I think maybe the most comparable, well, the most comparable would be fine art in the traditional market. That's the most comparable um, asset class to what we're talking about here. But another one that I think you could look at would actually be real estate in the sense that the liquidity on real estate is not the same as like the liquidity on stocks, for example, right, where things change hands, obviously, things sell, things have, um, you know, uh, a value, uh, but they're not sold every day. So I think the future of borrowing against these NFTs, it, it's going to have to be a really low LTV, meaning like your JPEG's worth 400,000 bucks and you take out like a $10,000 loan. Well, we have okay. That, I mean, that seems a little extreme, but I mean, ultimately, I should be able to get the, it, I don't think it's the problem. The the LTV is not a problem for me because if I like, I should be able to go and take out the the money against it. It's just I need some way to, um, yeah. If the people don't pay it back, like that's the risk that you endure. The issue is is the fact that the liquidation threshold. I basically the bet that a lender is making is saying 
hey, I want to go get 100% interest. I'm just making up a number, but I, I believe that's as high as it went yesterday. I want to make 100% interest. Sounds good. I understand the volatility of the NFT market, and I'm willing to loan based on that. I'm willing to give 50, uh, up to 50%. The, uh, there's nothing wrong inherently with that. Where the issue comes in, and as uh, Cyrus mentioned, was the 95% threshold. What I, maybe I could go in there and say, look, I'm willing to tolerate a 50% of floor if you just give me my damn money, basically. Now, I'm, I'm getting aggressive with, with what my position is, but essentially, um, as the lender, I should be able to tolerate, hey, that being liquidated at a, at a lower, uh, at a bigger discount to get it out the door so that the, um, you know, an arbitrager can, can jump in and just pick that up. Anyways, it's getting in the weeds, but I, I think, um, yeah, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. And a high loan to value is ultimately it's whatever the lender is willing to do. And that's, that's on the lender, not on the um, person who's borrowing or even the protocol for that matter. Uh, but we have a bunch of hands raised as well. Um, what, what were you going to say, Pio? No, I was just going to say, yeah, but I mean, that, that high loan to value does put the borrower at risk if the asset is volatile, right? No, like, the, the borrow is in it. it the, your concern is being liquidated, but those are the yeah. terms. That's the terms of the agreement. Right. Uh, all, all, all that you had was an improperly structured loan. If you can't instantly liquidate for, for the lender, then you don't have a properly structured loan or within some period of time, which appears to be four hours now, if you can't liquidate within that period of time, well, the system's not working. Um, and so if, I'm, if I know the rules and I borrow, and uh, it, it's not the loan to value being the issue, it's the fact that um, just tell me the rules. Um, and I, I think basically what, what happens is and when, when the system is not properly structured, you see this wild fluctuations in volatility. But someone would jump in, I mean, guaranteed, Someone would pay. I'm, I'm being extreme. Fifty percent of floor price right sure. now. Who wouldn't do that? So yeah, a bot might do it. You might list it at fifty percent. It's like a fat finger at that point. Yeah. So um, that's on the extreme side of things. Uh, so e e each person needs to know the risks that they're taking, and uh, the market may be tolerable of what that risk is. My general thought is that both parties should be able to set that criteria rather than the protocol itself, and then that actually creates a floating marketplace. Um, but anywho, yeah, uh, there, there's a, yeah, I was going to say, I'm curious to hear what node uh, would chime in on them. You know, Spencer's had his hand raised quad and then code and coffee's got his hand raised, but node, what are your thoughts? Yeah, actually, I just had a question, uh, more curious, your take Cyrus on, uh, JPEG 69 as an alternative. I, I've kind of messed around with the protocol, but I didn't, you know, I, I didn't dig in deeply on it. Uh, it's, it, it, from what I understand, the protocol itself is what lends you the asset, right? Um, but curious your thoughts on that as an alternative to, to Ben Dow. So I actually haven't looked into JPEG 69, but uh, I'm, are they a peer to peer? Cause what we're talking about now is a peer to pool lending protocol where lenders come and put their money in, they can pull it out at any time. Um, the, the big risks there is what happened a couple of days ago is the bank run thing where, where some lenders get their money, like people get scared and some lenders pull out their money. Um, and if you're the last lender, you know, if you're in the last 50 percent of lenders to pull out your money, you're kind of screwed. You can't you can't pull anything out like the the wallet had something like 16,000 Ethereum in it on Saturday. Um, and now it's down to something like a couple hundred. So and, and, and depositors just can't get their funds out. Uh, but as for JPEG 69, like I'm in the camp of, of P 
peer-to-peer lending is the way to go and peer-to-pool has way too many risks. Um, but, you know, I, I want to give other people the chance to speak too. I don't want to go on ramble on too long. Sure. Yeah, sure. It's uh, it's not peer-to-peer. I do know that. It's uh, like the protocol itself is, is, is you're making the loans directly with them. Um, but from what I understand, they're deeply capitalized. It's got like Tetranode and DCs uh, on the counselors or in the council and things like that. But yeah, I was just curious your takes. Um, but yeah, we can move on. Okay. Uh, Spencer, you have your hand raised. Any thoughts? Yeah. So, I mean, I've been following this really closely and I think you're, you're spot on. Like there is no, there's a lot of talk about, oh, there's an extreme liquidity crisis in NFTs. And like that, that narrative is just false. Like the auctions weren't selling because as was pointed out, like they were, they were going above floor. And like I, one thing that was important that I was looking at was like X2, Y2 wasn't counted in the floor price concept of the, of how the liquidation model happened. So the, the auctions were not only starting like 0.5% below floor, they were actually starting in some cases like significantly above floor. Um, and so it just like, it wasn't a liquidity crisis in the overall market. And like, I know I've offered this behind the scenes to Bendow, but so I'm sure others, and I'm guessing even Cyrus on stage probably has too, where like, there's a price where I would buy any JPEG that they have from any of those collections. And so like there is liquidity, it's just we're seeing the market not meet and, and that's fine, right? And I, I think it's really encouraging to me to see that they're on stage um, and and adjusting it. But I, I think I asked this question earlier, but maybe not the right way, but I'm just curious to, to code and coffee, like, ha, like I could see a world in which the people who LP'd as like collateralized lenders just become LPs and essentially a fund. Like, are you guys planning to hold the assets that you haven't sold and are you trying to liquidate them just to cover your, your loans or are you just are you trying to realize upside on them as well like that's the thing that's most unclear to me right now is what happens um to the loans that didn't get liquidated or are you just trying to find a new mechanism to put them up to auction so they do get liquidated or are you, or are you assuming the risk and holding them on a longer time horizon like that's not that's the thing that's most unclear but like i was being on the auctions last couple of days and like uh, they're, they're just like this this narrative of liquidity crisis is is just that it's, like it's not real in my view code and coffee yeah i the first of all the bundle don't hold access the uh, only people who hold the bond mt which is the collectors uh receptor mts who can hold the mts so there's only one way right now can make the uh, MTs get out of the loan. Either you repay, or you you got liquidated. So Bendal has no access to those assets. This is the first point. Now we are true. Uh, the, the code we can't we, we can't touch users assets. That's the true defined protocol. And I think we are trying to change the parameters to make the liquidation uh, is more friendly for the people who want to buy the MT in Bendal because. Maybe like 90, 95% is not a good threshold just for that. Because the uh, the ESO deposit uh, feel panic about the, the bad debits, and then we are going to fix that. That's that's the key point. Wait, but, but what happens to the NFTs that are up for liquidation auctions, but that the auction doesn't have any bids? Nothing. They just sit there. Yeah, right now we, we change we change threshold from ninety to seventy, but week by week, but anyone can so anyone can have the the window, like at least you can have one week to repay some Ethan into the Bendal. So I think it's fine for the Bendal current users. And the 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 work working 
mechanism will be the same with the before. So we just change some parameters, like the interest, the basic interest rate of the ESN to make more ESN come here because the ESN merge is coming. So many people withdraw ESN. They, they, they sold the, the MTs for ESN. So ESN will be uh, hard to get. So the interest should be higher. And we just fix some of our not so good parameters. Yeah. All righty. Uh, Quad, you have your hand raised. Uh, you said that this whole thing's pretty wild. I'd be curious to know if you have any thoughts. And we'll move on soon. But Quad, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, as someone, so I've been taking out loans against my blue chip assets for, I would say, about the past nine months. Um, but I, I, I feel like the responsible way to do that especially responsible for the market is the peer to peer. Uh, so I've been using NFT Fi for, for um, taking out these loans. And, and I, I do think that, you know, as, uh, as Nick mentioned earlier, like being able to not pay capital gains, but tap into your assets, your blue chip assets is a huge advantage at sometimes if you're, if you're smart with it. But I also think that, quote unquote, being smart with it is using a protocol that's also protecting the overall market and protecting the overall market in the terms of peer to peer. So, you know, for people that don't know, essentially, if someone owns uh, or, or uh, loans me money um, and then at the end of a certain period, if I just don't pay it back, then the contract just gives them my asset that's in escrow. And, you know, I'm I'm out my asset. But what that does is that doesn't you know, lead to this gigantic run on the floor, dropping the floor of all these assets, because that person, A, probably chose this specific asset because they may not, you know, want to get rid of it. They're just buying it at a discount because I defaulted, um, you know, and B, will not all trigger at once, right? So a, a lot of this kind of uh, happens as the floor price decreases. The floor price decreasing doesn't really matter on peer to peer. All that matters is that at the end of the loan, whether you pay it back or not. And so I do think that loans existing on NFTs, while it is risky, I do think that it is like that next evolution. Like one day you'd like to be able, especially in the fine art um, play of NFTs, one day you'd like to be able to borrow against your uh, hyper chromy squiggle uh, to get a house and things like that. Um, but that's obviously way down the road. So I think right now you need to do it in a really responsible way. And uh, I, for one, for example, would like to be able to lend, <clears throat> be the lender uh, if I know that they're going to get liquidated. If I can buy uh, an ape for 50% of uh, floor right now by putting money in, then I would take that bet and there's other people that would probably go uh, additionally um, in that system where the, the system fails. And I think as Cyrus mentioned, is it's the, uh, the, the distinction between peer to peer versus peer to pool. And so the result is, is the pool needs to put money uh, or is, is, the per is this uh, awkward intermediary in that ecosystem, which uh, results in you having to program uh, efficiencies and if there's no demand um at the uh it, like you were as a lender you really 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 need to understand the terms of the protocol and uh be in the weeds about that um if, if you're going to put money into that ecosystem um otherwise as we saw last night you can end up with a bank run um and the the only way that that system can adjust 
is, is by incentivizing people to put more interest in, but there's no guarantee uh, that that's going to work. And frankly, you could argue like some of these systems are much closer to a Ponzi, not that they are a Ponzi, but it's closer to a Ponzi in that situation where there's not enough liquidity in the pool as, as a whole is a situation that you can end up with. So you end up having to set up the terms to incentivize it properly, which is exactly what we saw uh, happen last night. You know, ultimately, uh, th there is the potential for that to exist, but that's the distinction of DAOs operating as a system, um, as, as a lender versus um, individuals, which to me seems like a much more efficient market um, because then all that the uh, DAO operates as potentially is an intermediary for that. Or you end up with something like Uniswap or something else like that, where I can just be a liquidity provider, but I have to take, um, I have to put up the entire amount. Um, I don't know, it's debatable. Is that a better system? I have no idea, but I could definitely see people wanting to take that bet. Uh, ben, you got your hand raised. Yeah, one of the things that I was really curious about is, is can this be manipulated? Like, you know, when, when you're talking about the floor price, if the floor price drops to X number, couldn't someone purposefully just list at the floor, trigger auctions, and then cancel? So then they can try and go get some, you know, bids for cheap on Bendo. And, and Code, please feel free to answer. I saw you uh, raise your hand. Yeah, it is so hard because, first of all, we have uh, 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 algorithm on chain. Like, first of all, if, if he listed too, too much, too much lower, we will feel that price. So we, we won't take that into the, the Oracle. And the second one is we have the algorithm on chain, like make the, the average of the whole, all the price. So one price won't affect the whole Oracle in, in output. So we have some protection for that. You can check the documentation and check the code in GitHub. That's how we, we build it. Yeah. So it's not the floor dropping, it's the average price of X amount of the lowest listings. Yeah, and in di in different platforms like OpenSea and LuxLayer, we we wait of their uh, uh, the feed the data they feed us, and we use their the different trading values to wait how much we we need to consider about it. Like like if the OpenSea trading value is. Uh, 70% and looks real is 30%. So each of their floor price have need to consider about the weight about the floor price. Yeah. So it's so hard to, to manipulate it. Do you plan on adding that to the docs anywhere? Because that, that seems pretty confusing. And the way that, that it's listed right now says if the floor price drops to X ETH, the liquidation protection is triggered so that's not technically how it works right so I, I think there probably should be a lot more detail provided behind how exactly that works so people can understand when the the liquidations would actually be triggered and it's not just based on a single listing which is kind of the way that it's represented now and uh, also I believe it was quad who or someone else who said that the x2y2 wasn't included which also has a lot of trading volume. So I think I think there could be some um, a little bit more descriptive descriptions um, or detailed descriptions based on how that actually works. Because right now I just I don't see anything in the documents that fully explains that. 
Yeah, you can find it in the uh, Oracle FAQ documentation. Yeah, you can find the documentation there. Okay. All righty. You can find it in the documentation. Uh, no, read the fucking docs. <laughs> yeah, read the docs, motherfucker. Um, so, Node, you got your hand raised. Uh, we're going to wrap on this in just a second, but we got the Nodester. I got to respect his question or his thought. Go ahead, and then we're going to move on and do some more broad market talk. I actually want to talk to Cyrus about the, the market in general, get a, some perspective from him. Uh, but, Node, go ahead. No, I was sensing you wanted to move on. So I have a question directly for you and Nick. You're talking to kill it, a okay. How does it feel to know that the pudgy penguin fishing rod has flipped the nifty portal? Well, that's uh I want to talk about pudgy penguins today. So all right, look, we're gonna we're gonna move on uh from you know the Ben Dow situation. Thank you to to Cyrus and thank you to the owner of Ben Dow. He owns all the assets in Ben Dow individually himself, Code and Coffee. No, I'm just kidding. It's a Dow. Nobody has singular ownership of this stuff. Uh, it was an interesting conversation, no question. Uh, but anyway, back to the show. We do, we do, we really should the follow up in a few days, Theo, you know, when the uh, the Dow proposal to. Uh... To, to lower the rate to whatever 5% below the floor price kicks in because there's supposed to be like a 20% swing at that point. So there could be trading opportunities in a week or two. Well, let's follow up. Uh, keep me posted, Ben Dowers, uh, Cyrus, Code and Coffee, absolutely. But if you're just tuning in, this is the NFT Morning Show. We do this show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, where we talk all things NFT market, all the stories of the space, what's going up, what's going down, and everything in between. Shout out to our sponsor, FTX. You can sign up at thenifty.com slash FTX or with the code thenifty on the FTX mobile app. If you spend over 200 bucks, you're getting 20 free bucks with our code. You're welcome. Anyway, back to the broader market. Uh, Micah G has his hand raised. Node brought up Pudgy Penguins. We got Cyrus on stage. We got a whole lot of show left. This is exciting. Uh, yeah, Pudgy Penguins, man. I'd been people have been tweeting at me about Pudgy Penguins for like weeks, and I just wasn't giving them the respect that clearly they deserved uh, because they've had news events over the weekend. They've seen floor price appreciation. Uh, people seem to be into it. I don't know if anybody here has been in Pudgy Penguins. I see a friend of the show, D. Gent, who I respect as an investor, has changed his profile picture to a Pudgy Penguin in the crowd. I don't know if he's telling Kathy Wood that she needs to buy Pudgy Penguins. Uh, but I think it's interesting that they've, you know, kind of seen the appreciation that they've seen. Micah has his hand raised. I don't know if it's a Pudgy Penguin thought, if it's something else. But that's one of the projects that I think is worth discussing uh, you know, today, given the, the recent news events, I don't know, Michael, what's on your mind? No, do you have any thoughts on, on Pudgy Penguins? What's the story? Well, uh, you guys mentioned Ponzi's, so I got to bring up Doomsday Garden, which is a new Ponzi that came out and uh, love the setup for it. You have these trees that you can harvest on their website and they start, they start gaining uh, passive Ethereum. So some of the earlier trees even have like 0 0.06 or 0 0.07 uh, Ethereum. So it's like you, you have this floor stabilizer where people can burn the trees to get that Ethereum out of the trees, which then lowers the floor price. Uh, so essentially the longer you hold this thing, the more people mint after you, the more passive Ethereum your tree has that you can gather at any time. Um, so I think it's an interesting one to watch because if you just grab some and hold it, uh, technically it just starts to gain its own floor price. So I, I don't know if anyone else has gotten into it, but it's a very interesting concept. 
And how early are you to the Ponzi, Micah? Because you got to be early to the Ponzi. I I sold in and out, but no, it's just interesting because if 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 people get bored of it and the floor price starts to drop, there are going to be trees out there that technically have more Ethereum in them than the floor price of the project. So those will get scooped up, sold for the Ethereum that's within them, and uh, and that will lower the supply, which lowers the cost to mint new ones. So it's kind of a Ponzi that I think will be more of a roller coaster because. Right. If the floor price starts dropping, you're going to see the supply come down and you're going to see the price come down. Well, it sounds like you figured out the Ponzi. You're definitely good at that. Uh, you know, it's hard to recommend that somebody get into a Ponzi at any point, especially if, uh, you know, they're not experienced like you are. Crypto for NFT just popped into our Discord. What project is Micah talking about? Uh, Micah, what's the name of the Ponzi? Doomsday. Again? It's called Doomsday Garden. But again, it's not. It's not a traditional Ponzi. It's you. You would want to get into it when uh, when sort of hype is off of it and interest has waned, and then you might see more people coming back in when when the price to to basically make new trees um, gets lower. So it's a really interesting project that. Again, understand it before you buy into it, but it's not a traditional, you know, top-down pyramid scheme. It's just a situation where the longer you're in it, the better your position becomes versus other people. And there's a bit of game theory there. All right, an untraditional Ponzi for you. Be careful out there, folks. Uh, we do not condone. I just swept the floor on Doomsday <laughs> Garden. Here I am. Uh, let's let's get it. Let's ride this Ponzi. It's worked out every time I've gotten involved with one of these. Well, the best one was when you got into DeFi Kingdoms. We brought this up before. Nick uh, bridged the Ethereum over to DeFi Kingdoms, but then it, got, it was like too annoying. for like He didn't feel like figuring it out. So he just left the Ethereum in Ethereum there, whereas I went and I actually converted the Ethereum into their native token. So in other words, Nick killed it. You know, he only lost the gas fee to bridge, right? I actually participated in the Ponzi, so Nick, Nick did it right. You, you so only want to lose the gas fee. Go ahead, Nick. There's also, um, this is completely unrelated. I didn't actually sweep the floor of that, um, which is, uh, so AMC is debu debuting an ape uh, token. Now, I don't understand what this is, but I thought it was interesting that there's going to be a ticker, uh, APE, um, which is, uh, it's a new class of shares, um, which they're using to raise money. Um <clears throat> excuse me um so it's having a negative impact on the stock right now they're down 30 percent um but uh the I, I just thought it was interesting that they decided to roll out ape um as the uh ticker symbol for this uh not to be confused with ape is token. yeah is there any chance that you could invest in ape token in the hope that people are dumb enough to accidentally buy that <laughs> mm, well uh your odds of Actually, I get the only place I could see that happening is on uh, FTX or Robinhood, I guess, where you can buy crypto. And so uh, theoretically, yeah, I guess people would potentially uh, purchase that. Right now, Ape Token is down 3%. So it, that thesis does not appear to be working. Um, but who knows? Maybe that that is a trade. I, I probably wouldn't make that bet, um, but... It is a uh, possibility. Look, I'm it, grasping in this market. I, I'm just trying <laughs> anything. <laughs> well, maybe it'll be the next meme stock. Hard to tell which way we're going. Uh, so Jesse has his hand raised. Then we're going to throw to Nifty Portal. Dedicated member. Hi, I'm Alex. But Jesse, what's on your mind? 
Yeah, brah, I just got back from a rager last night, man. And I just wanted to say about the market that it is when it's a bear market, that's when the bros really shine. So you know, you see crypto dick bucks pumping and pudgy penguins, man. And I just think uh, in a bull market, anybody can thrive. But in a bear market, you know, it's bros before hoes. All right. So grow a pair. Invest where the bros are. Now, I'm kind of serious, though. I think a, a lot of the crypto... You know, everybody's in a bear and this is it, it kind of coalesces back to like the crypto finance stuff and the pudgy penguins do have a kind of a long history. They have long holders. Um, they got rid of their founder, but it's still kind of a culture of like a little bit more financy. So I think I think I think that might be part of it. And then, you know, they have they got a couple of good people on their um, board. Um, and so I'm not, I'm not exactly sure where this came from or for anybody was holding, but. Uh, interesting, interesting little pump here. I don't think anybody really, I think crypto dick pump butts is a little bit more. I don't know if people realize it. It seems like it's this like stupid, you know, adolescent thing, but it really has a long history. There's a lot, a lot of the hipsters are into crypto dick butts, but pudgy penguins kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. We'll throw to DJ in a minute to get some updates, uh, on like, you know, just what happened with pudgy penguins. I have some ideas, but I'd rather hear it from a holder. Hi, I'm Alex. You got your hand raised. What's going on, amigo? Hey, long time uh, no speak on this show. Nice to be back. Um, I just wanted to talk about the Doomsday Garden again, bring us right back into the degenerate Ponzi. I am absolutely obsessed with this thing. I think everyone's been burned since the um, beanie days of Ponzi's that all tend to be hyperinflationary. This is a really interesting concept. I think Bored Elon um, has tweeted about it. I'm not sure if he's going to talk a bit more about it on the spaces, but the the actual cycle here is really interesting and 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 it's it, it's so I've been up for the last eight hours thinking about it. I bought quite a few trees. Um, if you look into it a bit, essentially, I know Witters wanted me to explain it in in some detail. I won't take too much time, but um, it, it, just quickly, the the price of the NFT is dynamic. So it, the price of the NFT is essentially something like point zero 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 two five ETH times by the total amount of uh, NFTs that exist. That means that every time that an NFT is minted, the price goes up. It also means that all that minted money distributes out to all the other trees, which is why the price goes up. Equally, um, that money then starts to accumulate. And so at some point, you can harvest the tree for whatever you've accumulated. That means that, um, one, the number of NFTs goes down because harvesting burns the NFT. Two, it means that it starts to lower the mint price again. So people get to, one, <laughs> then re-enter the market because it will naturally drive the price down. Um, when people have minted out too many, it costs too much to mint. And then they say, okay, well, bugger that. I'm not going to mint anymore. Well, then people will start flooring them. The floor price drops. And then suddenly you've got a situation where you can buy floor, have a choice to either buy a floor NFT or if you're an NFT holder, harvest because you can no longer get the price of your NFT back anymore and you can get the money back. So you've almost got liquidity built into the NFT, which I think is super interesting in this kind of market. Okay. And is this on Ethereum? Is that dynamic pricing on Ethereum? Yeah. So the, it's, it's built into the contract. The guy's done a few projects or a couple of projects before, like a proof of work uh, NFT project. I don't know a huge amount about him. I think Bored Elong does. Um, but yeah, it is in Ethereum. But the dynamic price is—it's all fixed. You can actually—I'm uh, working on the spreadsheet at the moment. You can—you can just work it all out. There's no sort of hidden uh, extra detail. It's—it's it's quite elegant and really interesting. 
All righty. Well, hey, look. Hi, I'm Alex. Back in the Portal Discord. You're on sabbatical or something, holiday, whatever you guys do, and you take six months off from work that Americans can't relate to. And it sounds like you're you're in the weeds right now uh, with this Degen Garden or whatever, Doomsday Garden or whatever it's called. And it sounds like also dynamic pricing has arrived on Ethereum. Uh, we talked about it on this show yet, uh, last week because of Solana's, you know, advent of dynamic pricing. And it sounds like it's here on Ethereum. And hi, I'm Alex. Were you going to say something else before I throw to NFT God and then to Cyrus? No, that's enough. That's enough uh, trees. <laughs> that's enough trees. NFT God, one of the largest individual holders of our NFT. You're also the author behind the NFT God newsletter. People can subscribe to that either on your Twitter or on nftgod.gives, which is one of my favorite website names. Looks like you got an, a buttload of subscribers. You're crushing it. We already know, buddy. What's on your mind? Yeah, a uh, former largest holder until Mayo decided to fuck all that up. So I'm strongly <laughs> well, anti-Mayo. Anyway. Well, Node, Node has over 50 also. So that was something that we didn't take into account. But regardless, we, we love you. Uh, what's on your mind? Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that explanation from Hi, I'm Alex. I mean, that sounds like a pretty advanced Ponzi scheme, which is really interesting. I like my Ponzi's more traditional. <laughs> so uh, the Ponzi I'm looking at at the moment is is dust. People are going to, I'm sure you talked about this last week, but uh, people are going to need to buy the dust token in order to get, get into Utes when uh, the, the minting starts over the next several weeks, I assume. Uh, a lot of people from the ETH community were accepted into that, including myself, U2PO. Uh, and I'm sure you previously never bought the dust token before. So I'm looking at dust. It might be an interesting buy as we get closer to the mint of Utes, just because so many people are going to need to buy it. It's a, pretty expensive mint i think it's like 700 dollars worth of dust is going to be needed for it so uh that's the kind of ponzi i want to get into one where a lot of other people are just going to need to buy after me um but that, that's what i'm looking at at the moment have you started accumulating already no i wanted to give everyone else a head start by <laughs> announcing it on this uh the largest show in nfts then i'm going to get in after <laughs> well look at that what a guy <laughs> um cyrus you have a d god as your profile picture uh, any thoughts on what NFT God brought up? I'm assuming as a D God, you will have access to Utes, which is clear, clearly uh, emerging as one of the biggest stories in the NFT space. And I, I thought that there was cross minting ability where you could mint with ETH, but maybe I'm incorrect about that. Cyrus, do you have any kind of input or any thoughts on Utes and the D God's ecosystem, the trade that NFT God is bringing up, the dust token, any of that? Yeah, so lucky for me, my D-Gods have just been printing dust, um, you know, since February, I guess, since since I've had them staked. They give out like 15 dust per day. So I am I am on board with that Ponzi. Um, uh, as far as the U U Mint goes, Utes Mint goes, yeah, I'm super excited for that. And I think it's going to be uh, one of probably the most exciting mint for the remainder of 2022, unless something crazy comes up. Um, so, yeah, I'm really stoked about that. And and. I'm with NFT God. Highly recommend paying attention there. And so, and you do have to mint in dust. I was under the impression maybe you could mint in ETH, like the cross chain stuff. Am I wrong about that? So that was something that they teased, and I'm I'm pretty sure they'll have that integrated, but um, they haven't made an official announcement on that. Okay. Yeah, on the on the application, it it says you have to mint in dust. It even says we recommend you buying dust uh, during your application process, which 
really good way to drive that Ponzi scheme forward. But yeah, it, it says on the application, pretty clear terms, it's going to be uh, fully in dust. Okay. Well, we'll have to see. I mean, I brought this one up on the show a couple of times. It's one of the most interesting projects in the NFT space, in my opinion, in general. And, uh, you know, it's only being talked about more and more. And again, it's attracting people from both blockchains. Might be the first kind of big time crossover hit, uh, or at least since like OK Bears, um, you know, kind of hit. Uh, real quick, Cyrus, like for you, it sounds like, are, are you a full-time trader? Is that, am I assuming correctly there? Are you a full-time participant of the NFT market? So I started trading in August. I was a front-end developer working from home. And then in February, it just didn't make sense um, in a, in a cost-benefit sense to keep working my job because the, the benefit of being a full-time trader was heavily outweighing what my job was giving me. So in February, I went full-time trading. And then in in April, started a company with my friends, and now we do dev work for people like Puma and Dippies and those type of guys um, on the back end of things. While uh, I try to, I try to pay attention to the market as much as I can now, but it's much less than than that stretch from like August to April. Okay, well, congratulations on going full time Web three, living the dream. That's awesome, and I'm I'm glad that uh my my sensor of full time Web three people is still working. Um, besides what we talked about, the dust play, uh, is there anything else that you're looking at in this market that you find interesting? Like, I'd be curious. Do you think that we're we're approaching a bottom? Like, you know, I look at Mutant Ape Yacht Club, for example, which at this point I think is my most valuable asset, and it was worth twenty-seven thousand USD like a week ago. I think it's sub twenty thousand now. Um, I'm just wondering where you think the market's going. If you think we're in for more pain, obviously nobody knows. But if you had to place a bet, I'd be curious to know what you think. Yeah, so I'm more of a, a boring trader. I just pay attention to the top five collections. I never take part in any of the new ones. So as far as like mutants go, I do think in USD value, it's very interesting, like 18,000 to 20,000. Once we get to that range, it feels like people think that a ticket to the Yacht Club should never be below 18,000. So um, I do think with ETH dropping the last couple of days and and there is like a, a very large amount of stable coins um, as a share of the entire crypto market cap right now, I feel like people are ready to, you know, purchase their ticket into the Yacht Club. So I do think we are close. It's, it's an interesting situation because of the, the liquidation situation. And, and maybe this all just gets bought up because because mutants are too cheap right now. But uh, if I had to place a bet, I don't think we bounce hard from here. I think we hang out around here until things resolve and volatility slows down in ETH and, and the the uh, bend out stuff plays out. So I think, um, you know, for mutants specifically, I think between 13 and 15 is fair for the, for the coming weeks. And how do you think the merge plays into all of this in the market? You think the merge is good for NFTs? You think it's bad in the short term? What are your thoughts? Um, I'm in the boat where I don't think it'll have too much of an effect. Uh, I just hope that everything goes smoothly and we're able to transition from proof of work nfts to proof of stake nfts seamlessly and nothing goes wrong in that process um so yeah i don't think i don't think it should have too much of an effect but i guess we'll have to wait and see we'll have to wait and see let's hope it goes off without a hitch so we got dgen on stage dgen is labeling himself as an nft dgen uh he is a member of the kathy wood brainstorm group over at arc invest a heavy hitter uh, and he's an arms dealer from 10KTF shop. Pudgy Penguins has been incorporated into your portfolio, it seems, DJ. I'd love to know your thoughts on, 
I mean, anything on your mind, but but specifically some Pudgy Penguin stuff. I've been fading Pudgy Penguins. Clearly, I was wrong. Uh, wh- what are you thinking about it, DJN? Hey, good morning, everyone. Uh, thanks for bringing me on stage. Um, as far as Pudgy Penguins, uh, I mean, I got into Pudgy Penguins solely based on the 10 KTF. I needed a parent, and I got them back in March. And but it's all it's been all up since I bought them. I got them for 0.85, and I think it's the only thing I bought in the last six months that's gone up. But uh, I love the community. The community is great. I did get a chance to meet uh, Luca, the Luca Nets, the the owner of Pudgy Penguins down in Miami back in May. And he's a uh, he's a real savant without, you know, I'm leaving out the idiot because he's definitely not an idiot. So he's got big plans. We did have an inner igloo meeting yesterday. and I don't really want to he's asked not to share um, some of the things we're doing because he does want to be first. He doesn't mind people copying him after the fact that he does want to be first mover like they did with the soulbound token. But uh, I mean, as far as me and the pudgy penguins, uh, I only have the one, so it's and it's, I've got it so tied up at 10 KTF that it doesn't really matter too much what the where it goes as far as floor price, other than being a nicer PFP sport. But uh, the reason I want to come on stage real quickly is to talk about the merge because uh, I keep getting the shards. Uh, I almost shard my pants every Friday on the Kathy Woods when they're starting to talk about the merge and what's going on with Tornado Cast. I wanted to talk about that, pun intended. Yeah, well, real quick, um, to wrap up on Pudgies, I mean, Pudgies have flipped Cool Cats, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. And, I mean, they're approaching a four Ethereum floor. You're talking about potentially, I mean, you, you start to look at, I mean, it's not impossible for them to flip Azuki's, which is kind of crazy as well. And that also means it's not impossible for them to start approaching Doodle's territory if they keep running. So it's kind of wild. Uh, I didn't expect it, but hey, here we are. Uh, I'm just looking. It doesn't look like there's any other notable pro. Well, they flip obviously Goblin Town, um, but yeah, okay. So, what are your thoughts on the merge, Dejet? Well, I mean, obviously, what I'm about to share is it's not it's not private information. We don't discuss any private information. Actually, we're forbidden. Um, as far I mean, I'm not saying there's there's no um, non-public information, but it's all opinion. But you got some really smart people on those calls, and we spent about an hour talking about the Ethereum merge and, and had a, had a relation uh, to Coinbase. And after that call, I got off the phone. I, I don't know if I should say this, but I, I dumped my Coinbase stock after that call. But um, oh, I'm not necessarily worried. Yeah, I'm not necessarily worried about the, uh, you know, the transition to proof of stake. But I think that, that one of the things they were talking about is when we do move to proof of stake, um, 70% of the staking money is going to be within under all under uh, us government regulation. And they keep talking about the tornado cash and uh, the term they use kind of like scissors is dick. The new term is uh, a throat to choke. So the governments are, they know, you know, which throats to choke. And I think when we move to proof of stake, I think we're going to lose a lot of that decentralization um, that everybody talked about because, you know, 70%, of the staking is occurring inside U.S. regulation. The only the only thing is they keep going back and forth is are we is ETH going to be able to gain enough political clout and how many people are invested in it to stop the government from from making a phone call and saying you cannot process these unregulated transactions because that's how Coinbase is going to find itself between a rock and a hard place because they got to make either decision to 
stop processing unregulated regu uh, transactions that are going to slash their holders, you know, the staking for service. It's going to slash their customers holding or, you know, you're out of the business, right? Or you keep on going and the fact, or you could be sued by the government for continuing on processing those transactions. And so when you're talking about that, like, so let's say worst case scenario, what you'd be able to buy ETH on uh, Coinbase and sell ETH on Coinbase, but you wouldn't be able to stake it. Is that right? Um, they were talking about like the whole, you know, staking for service where you, where Coinbase is putting other people's ETH at stake, right? So um, with the government calls and say, hey, do you realize that you're processing all these, you know, un, un CYA transactions and we don't know where the money's coming from or where it's going. So you can't do that anymore. And they talked about, well, if we just can't stop because if we stop, we're going to get 50% of our customers money slashed. So that just brings up the whole thing about the government being able to now, will they have the political will to do that? That's, that, that's the question. And, 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 uh, DJ, uh, hey, I'm just, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but are you basically saying that you're more bullish on proof of work NFTs than proof of stake? <laughs> um, I don't know yet. I don't have an opinion on that yet, but uh, it was just interesting hearing this, uh, conversation that maybe people aren't thinking about because, you know, when they said 70% of proof of stake is now going to be under U.S. Uh, you know jurisdiction, and not only that, but if you look at the tornado cash, they keep talking a lot about that and how that's going to the repercussions of that because they basically the government's got together and shut that down, and then you got the EU talking about banning MetaMask wallets and or making them all CYA uh, or KYC uh, wallets. And there, there's a way. But, I'm not saying that regulation in the industry is, I think it's a good thing because I think that will allow more adoption with these big hedge fund players. So this, this is exactly what I've been discussing um, in recent weeks, which is like, there's no such thing as decentralization. Like it's just a bunch of bullshit um, because you always have an intermediary ultimately uh, in this Except case. Except for Bitcoin, but yeah, go ahead. No. Oh, Pio, how do you access Bitcoin? I don't need anybody to access Bitcoin. Thank you. Oh, do you use the internet? Got it. Okay. So unless we go full global North Korea mode, we're good to go. Okay. So actually, uh, well, ultimately, yeah, you're the corporations which grant you access to uh, buy and sell Ethereum and Bitcoin are uh, doing so right now. But all you need is one regulation that prevents that from occurring, and they will gladly shut that off uh, in a mo in. Yeah, in a moment. Um, at a, at a moment. We go to the streets. And then, yeah, there's going to be, we're going to see the masses of crypto uh, enthusiasts, uh, enthusiasts jump into the streets and protest uh, in anger. Uh, just kidding. There's no way in hell that's going to happen. Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't know. The, the, the fact, the argument that this is all decentralized is absolutely hilarious. Except um, Bitcoin. You can't access Bit. Pio, Pio is currently connected to the show uh, via a mesh network. Um, and by the way, a mesh network ine inevitably needs to be connected back to the internet one way or another, um, which uh, typically goes through a corporation. So unless you've figured out some way to bypass that, then there's no way that you can access Bitcoin or Ethereum without having a corporate overlord as an intermediary. 
as long as we're not full North Korea mode, we're good to go. They can ban it. You won't be able to buy it on exchanges, but not your keys, not your cheese. As long as you're self-custodying your Bitcoin, it's yours. Yeah. No one can you, take it you away. Can, you. Yeah, you can take that wallet and then not connect it to anything because you're literally... Well, if I, could, if I could provide some perspective in the middle of nowhere, uh, my local chain of gas stations now has uh, crypto uh, uh, ATMs inside, and they advertise it at the gas station over the audio commercial very often. So, uh, I mean, I think we're only getting more adoption, which ironically does lead to more centralization. But, um, yeah. Have you seen the cut they take off the top on that? Like, if you go oh, look sure at it and go look at the man. price, it's like hundreds sure of dollars per, per ETH. Hey, man, you got to make a buck. Uh, the Nodester has his hand raised, then we'll throw it to D-Gent and we'll wrap. Uh, and by the way, yes, the only bear situation for Bitcoin regarding the internet is a full North Korea mode. That's just that's just what it is. Full, yeah. <laughs> the whole world, North Korea. Uh, Node, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to, to so, so to sum up some of, some of uh, D-Gent's thoughts on uh, on Coinbase, they, they, so what, what Coinbase said was essentially if, uh, if the government asked them to censor transactions, Coinbase said, we will no longer be staking, be a staking service. They, they, I, at least Brian mentioned, we'll, we'll just not offer this as a service to our clients and, and get out of the game entirely instead of uh, actually censoring transactions. And so, uh, you know, that, that initially would be, it would be interesting, right? Because that would reduce, I mean, they're a major player in ETH staking. Um, which, you know, kind of ironically might actually make us more decentralized, right? Because you get a lot more uh, individual staking versus just just Coinbase, for example. Um, although I do think Lido would end up kind of taking the cake there. But make no mistake, I mean, if we talk broadly, uh, there's no difference. Like the government can ask, they, they, they could ask miners to do the same thing under proof of work or proof of stake. Uh, so it's it's just unfortunate that that Coinbase, you know, they have to comply with all the U.S. regulations. But I see Nick's got his hand raised. He's excited. Yeah, well, I was just going to tell Pio to go use Tornado Cash because that should just work easily in the U.S. Oh, wait, no, you can't. Wait, how does that happen? Huh, because that's, that's a centralized entity. The Bitcoin network is the uh, only decentralized be, entity. To, to be clear, <laughs> worst case scenario for Ethereum is it becomes Bitcoin. So let's just put let's just put uh, that one out there. Mm -hmm. That's possible. In case uh, you're wondering, uh, Tornado Cash is not a centralized agent uh, uh, system. It's on the blockchain. It's literally a smart contract. So uh, let's move on to the next. Speaker. Well, they're arresting people uh, that work for Tornado Cash. What are you going to arrest the CEO? No, that no, they commit code to it. And, yeah, and you can actually commit code to Bitcoin. So uh, do your research. Uh, you're wrong. Uh, All I got to say is going? they may they may have banned uh, Tornado Cash, but they haven't banned Lady Ape Club. Yeah, and that is, <laughs> Which is uh, pretty much identical. It's pretty ridiculous. I mean, Nick, ask Tyler and Cameron Winklevoss what they think of this, like, you know, whether or not they think Bitcoin is centralized. Anyway, DGen has his hand raised. How's it going? Yeah, I was just going to add, uh, that's an interesting point that Node made, but I was just going to uh, add that, you know, uh, you know, because it is Coinbase, Lido, and Kraken, they're like the almost 70% total of, the, but if that happens, it, it the question is, is the government going to have the will to go ahead and do that? Because they haven't yet, because obviously, you know, the U.S. does not want to stifle this new technology. Um, you know, I think there'd be a big back backlash, not only in the, you know, people in the industry, but just, uh, you know, people in Congress about censoring uh, innovation like that. But I mean, if I, I don't want to live in a world either where the U.S. dollar becomes a shit coin, right? So 
Um, I think that some centralization uh, that comes into Ethereum as far as KYC wallets or um, and more protections, I, I think it's kind of like, you know, where would the real estate market be if it never was regulated? I mean, you, to, for big money to roll in and the hedge funds and these large companies to come into this space, they're going to need to have regulations, just pure and simple. So otherwise, it's just going to be SDGens, uh, you know, in the, in the space. And that's just not going to propel where it needs to go. So I just wanted to, you know, there is hope, uh, but I think that we will, I think a little bit of centralization, I think, is a good thing for adoption. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of centralization. The question that comes to mind, you know, you're we're talking about Ethereum and Bitcoin. That's not the conversation. The, to the conversation is actually Ethereum and Solana. And you look at what Sam Bankman-Fried, the CEO of our sponsor FTX, is doing with, like, you know, his political relationships, right? And he's obviously a huge Solana guy. That's where my brain goes. My brain doesn't go to, like, Ethereum versus Bitcoin. That's not what we're talking about. Ethereum is literally entering Solana territory with the merge. Uh, so, yes, it will be very, very interesting interesting to see how this plays out who knows uh ladies and gentlemen that's our show thanks to cyrus for joining today and then unexpectedly for code and coffee.eth to join to talk about ben dow that was a really fun conversation we'll have to follow up on that one we do this show monday through friday 9 a.m to 10 30 a.m eastern time where we talk all things nft market as I mentioned, all of our content is sponsored by FTX. You can sign up at the nifty.com slash FTX or with the code the nifty on your FTX mobile app. Make sure you follow all the speakers today. Follow DGEN, who's in Kathy Wood's brainstorm team. Follow King Kicks, who's the CEO of a top 50 crypto game called Crypto Raiders. Raised a bunch of funding. They're not going anywhere. They're crushing it. Follow Node, who's the host of the Node Mode podcast under the Nifty Portal Network. Follow Quad, who's always got a good take, and he's a big fanny, fanny pack guy, one of the most notable Moonbird holders, in my opinion. Follow Hi, I'm Alex, one of the most valued members of the Nifty Portal Discord. Follow NFT God, who's got one of the biggest newsletters in the motherfucking space space nft god dog gives follow cyrus who's been full-time nft since february building his own shop clearly knows what he's doing and follow nft nick who's gonna say something uninformed about yeah Bitcoin unfollow right now. Let's go. and uh and then on, at 4 p.m today on youtube uh i'll demonstrate to everybody how bearish i am on crypto as a whole and while p why po is wrong about bitcoin just complete just flat out wrong uninformed Okay, uh, so Bitcoin is not crypto, so you're off to a good start. It's, uh, anyway. it's cryptocurrency. Uh-huh, it's crypto, yeah, right. We're going deep cover here. I'm literally no, literally by definition. Nick. Watch out, I'm coming for Nick, for the Punisher.